0: And here we go once again, ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Wilson, UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Militich, chalking up another one for the archives right here on the Conspiracy Farm. Boy, the, even our pre-show conversation was awesome. I can only imagine what this is going to be.
1: Before we start, how you doing, brother? I'm sorry. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited that Justin Holstein, the... The mastermind, before you know, behind helping us move forward in in life and business and passion for sure, has found us a local guest with an amazing amount of knowledge, and I I'm excited. And about it's
0: it. and it's one of those just random things. That I'm sure we've all had it happen. Just you know, cab rides or times at the bar where you meet somebody. And I'm like, oh my god, this dude's brain is just on fire. A so
1: gem of the Quad Cities, a quad,
0: yeah, exactly a Quad City own. Before we even go, you know, Justin, take it away, brother.
2: You know, this is what happened, actually. I was helping a band. We were shooting promo photos. So I had a photographer down there. Speak right into the mic. At Great River Brewery. And um, so as I'm sitting there getting these photos taken, uh, Joe is sitting there with his wife, and they are looking on, and they're asking what's going on. And I kind of started explaining, and they said, what do you do? And I kind of got down the whole paranormal path of all the tours and stuff and the films we've shot, et cetera, and the places we've went investigating around the world and and uh, his wife had asked me, do you believe in ghosts? And I gave her this long, complicated answer. And I could tell by the look on Joe's face, he was absorbing everything I said. Like, you know, and generally when I'm talking, people's eyes glaze over because it's like a bunch of stuff that they have no idea. Right. And but he knew it all. And, I'm, and as I got down this conversation with Joe, I'm thinking to me, he looked fairly young, especially this thing. This like, what, two years ago? Was it two years ago?
3: It's getting there, yeah.
2: And uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, I, I thought, how, how does this guy know this? What, <laughs> what do you do exactly again? And, you know, the odd part is uh, <clears throat> Joe, a lot like his dad, is a self-educated person. Um, he went out, you know, uh, you are a firefighter, paramedic, right, and a pilot, um, which got him studying a lot of the UFO uh, stuff from a technical analysis standpoint i mean he really focuses on is it wave uh
0: harmonics Uh,
3: you can take it from there just electromagnetics you know the governing but
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show joe tabor
3: and i'm stepping out justin's
0: out thank you brother thanks justin so joe man i mean a jack of all trades man obviously it's i love picking the brain of people like yourself but um you know tell us a little bit about yourself how'd you um how'd you learn to and joe is the first guest so far he came in with three or four books uh, some experiments that we were checking about, about electromagnetism and he's not your
1: average fireman. I mean, he was a fireman on Antarctica?
3: Yeah, I am a fireman from like all over the world. So, up with the Eskimos in Alaska and then Antarctica. You done any smoke jumping yet? No, but I've talked to him. Those guys uh, I mean, if I'm you're not flying doing planes
1: and you're a fireman, you just got to connect the you just got to let somebody take over the wheel when you're, you know. Well, controls. they got all
3: the broken bones. Pilots, our bones are still intact. <laughs> True. You morning. know how it feels, I don't. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. So, Joe, we want to talk about a lot of different subjects. First off, you know, you you want to set some ground rules for a discussion as far as the knowledge that the the listeners need to understand. So, I mean, when you talk about, you know, Tesla for instance, you want to you want to take a base level of understanding for the guest or for the for the for the listeners, our fans at home and kind of help them along because there's many people that are listening for the first time. Who maybe have heard the name Tesla? Don't understand, you know, who Tesla really was and how intelligent he was, but please, by all means, you know, set that ground level of understanding for our listeners at home on Tesla's knowledge and what his, what his, you know, his focus was, and then we can go from there with with all of that.
3: Yeah, Nikola Tesla. Um, he was a Serbian or Croatian. Croatian, thank you. <laughs> well, it was before Croatia; it was the Austrian Empire. So he Croatian was blood, Joe. That's Croatian right. right. Blood, Joe. I'm not arguing <laughs> you. But, you know, this guy, he had some special things. I got a paper right here. I, people should read this. The problem in increasing human energy. You know, we're, we're talking about it all the time. Read it. Take time. Read 28 pages. It was written in 1900 in uh, Century Magazine. What's the name again? The problem with increasing human energy. But he doesn't stop there. This guy was driven to help humans. Right. He was. He all was. Right. But and unfortunately,
0: so, he wound up teaming up with you know some pretty bad guys that wouldn't uh, mm-hmm. that, like, just go ahead and explain that didn't really want his technology to get out there. Well,
3: we got to get the base level of understanding for sure, out for first sure. off. Come on, and come so on. The, oh, the base level—he's—I've heard a quote from him. I haven't come across it. He wrote a lot. He wrote a ton, which means that he cared about people to share the knowledge. A lot of guys yeah. went away without that. Um, but just understand—he had some special abilities. He wasn't scared to write about. And uh, I'll tell you what he said, and then you can read it yourself. But. What I've heard quoted from him I haven't read it yet um, in his quotes, but I believe it exists is, and this, this conversation today should if you can put this hat on and get rid of all that quantum blah blah blah, mm-hmm. um, think like this: frequency, vibration and power. All right? Something vibrates, something, you know, the frequency that it vibrates, and then the power that it vibrates at. It's a really simple concept to understand, and everything he built worked off it.
1: And everything around us right now is vibration, correct? Light, everything. I mean, every substance around us has a vibration. Exactly. really? Exactly. Right. And that's, so I that's think really
3: people forget that because you know we take a table for granted, like you just tapped, but that—that's <clears> a solid mass that you can sense. Yeah, to our, to
1: our senses, but it has a molecular structure that is vibrating. Yeah,
3: yeah. We're, we're we're a sensing being all the time. We we have five, six, you know, seven, depending on who you're talking to, and uh, you mentioned pineal gland. You know, sometimes we're not using all of our senses um but they're there there's people that see auras all over the place you know i'm I'm not one of them and i don't read about it very much but i I do understand the concept
1: i have a couple of friends that see auras and they have you know said things to me about my aura Uh
3: uh-huh yeah
1: and it tripped me out because they said you have a very powerful aura
3: yeah and uh we can talk about you know what light is and maybe you can apply that uh somebody caught Justin's when I was with him. So that's how I knew who I was talking to a little bit. We never discussed that, but, um, well, I'm
1: going to write down Justin's light because we're going to have to get to that. It's eventually. pretty
3: good. It's not too bad. I never right. told him.
1: So let's talk more. Let's talk more on Tesla. Let's talk about residents. Let's talk about, you know, his goals, what he was working on. And there's a lot more to it. I mean, a lot of people feel that he was, he was off by the government. He was off by, you know, intelligence folks and, and all of his secrets were, were taken and, You know, where they where they ended up. Some people even you know, hypothesize or theorize that that Trump's dad or Trump's grandfather or uncle got a hold of a lot of it. And I heard something about that. Trump's people have taken it so far as to say that Trump is a time traveler because of the (laughs) technology. And Joe's over there like, Hey dude, it's it's not impossible.
0: How do you explain the Simpsons episode where he came down the escalator running for president like ten years (laughs) before it actually happened? (laughs) Clearly a time traveler. I joke,
3: ladies and gentlemen. it already. Yeah. It's not a
1: joke, though, right? You never there know. He so, you well, know, Tesla was working on free energy. He was working on, on weapon systems that could knock stuff out of the sky, right? Pulse weapons, things like that. Um, tell, us, tell us more about, you know, really what he was, he was after. And now he was doing it.
3: So both those subjects, you know, one of the ones I like to concentrate on is, you know, he did father of electricity, hands down. The guy made it. People improved it. Steinmetz. Um, look into him but and obviously Edison you know Edison DC is a whole different beast AC is the thing that gets down the lines DC is the power maker they work differently but right. um mm-hmm. and if you guys want to talk about it, we can but Wardenclyffe you know people stop at the surface level we got <clears> to <throat> stop that you know Wardenclyffe there was a functionality there that uh that we can talk about because how that might have worked or likely did work is what tesla was all about he writes about it in this paper i mean um but people need to understand what how Wardenclyffe worked and not just um that it seemed like some energy that was suppressed and then taken down by jp morgan there's more to it than that that's why mm. tesla cared about and wrote him for five years straight every day you know it wasn't about the money it was for jp morgan but i would say that jp morgan understood the implications of what free means you know we wouldn't be living this way if um right you, you
1: wouldn't if, be getting a light bill Exactly. Right. You wouldn't be getting the gas and lights bill. You'd you'd be just generating your own power (laughs) off your own. And maybe the ancients understood this too. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt
0: it. We're gonna get into that as well. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean I just I just I just find Tesla so fascinating because I mean that would have completely changed the game had had that technology been, you know, accessible to all and you know, the implications were just I mean, Look at how many billions and trillions of dollars that they've made off You know what could be
1: potentially free. And technically, it's obviously still there, right? It's still there to be accessed. It just comes down to the people that want to develop it and turn it loose. And there's people out there, I'm sure, who have studied enough of Tesla's works who could probably do it with the money backing, but obviously they either end up dead or right. you know, or somebody's going to buy the patent and, and just put it... Suppress you know, it. Because we've seen the patents purchased, too you know, vehicles that will run for, you know, 500 miles off of tank of water, right? Hydrogen cars, things like that. And those patents get purchased by big oil people. So obviously the, you know, the the free energy that's going to get scooped up, and if you don't sell, you're probably going to end up dead. I'm just being honest.
0: Well, that I mean, that actually that's a great segue, champ. It's kind of our next subject, which which Joe is passionate about, and that is kind of you know you're, you said your father did some work on the hydrogen fuel cell, and somebody I remember reading about ages ago, and I think it was the late '80s, mid '90s. His name was Stan Meyer. He developed basically a car that ran on water. Um, was courted by the Pentagon, had a whole bunch of inter- interaction with the Pentagon, and was poisoned and was killed around '96. But um tell us about your your affiliation and your understanding of of the the hydrogen fuel cell. And again, um technology that is still available just not being put into use from what I understand. But shed some light on Stan Meyer and the hydrogen fuel cell if you will, sir.
3: Yeah, I went in deep with Stan Meyer cuz I wanted to know what this guy was doing and it's um I would say conspiracy proves with his uh with his life. I don't know, you know. We never have answers to these. That's what's a stinker about right. conspiracies. But so my dad, uh, in the seventies, there was oil embargoes, you know, it's always oil. And, uh, he was thinking about hydrogen fuel cells, you know, he's a local guy and working at John Deere. Um, and you can't make hydrogen fuel cells without electrolysis. You got to split the water from its hydrogen to its oxygen and split them too. Cause hydrogen is the useful product when they recombine. Um, and there's no such thing as combustion without oxygen. Everybody knows that who's ever tried to light a fire or a match or anything.
0: Right. Was there was there some an element of frequency to, to that how yeah. that worked as well? Because when you separated the two molecules, you then zapped, I think it was the hydrogen with a certain frequency that to made it combustible.
3: So Stan Meyer's thing, um, yeah, he had a fuel cell essentially, but he didn't conform to the normal science that you're going to go get your degree in. He didn't do that. I mean, he was an inventor. He worked on radar which is a frequency based thing. And and what he saw was an anomaly. He saw that when radar at a certain frequency, uh, w- combined with water, it evaporated just like your, um, your microwave can do with your food. Okay. So here's this guy, but you know, we always talk in terms of one frequency and, you know, maybe we should start thinking in terms of more than one frequency, a chord. you know, this is something, and this is what I think Stan Meyer was touching upon was he he used a high voltage, you know, you can see this readily in anything that he put out. And he had a series of different fuel cells, but he was able to apply a frequency or a number of frequencies at a high voltage and he was able to split water. And that tells you, you know, usually when you can break something up with something, that means that's what's holding it together. And and mainstream science will tell you that electrostatics and um, is what keeps water and molecules together. So. Stan Meyer understood how to split it through a frequency or multiple frequencies along with the materials. Everybody thinks, you know, copper is the only thing that can conduct electricity. No, there's tons of stuff that can, silk can conduct electricity. Silver, you know, is one of the most, uh, conductive materials that we know of. We're working with, uh, nowadays we've got carbon. They're talking about that as, you know, anything that's diamagnetic conducts electricity and anything that's super cold and this is where the future is superconductivity that's where you start seeing levitation and all these things if it's super cold it means it's super packed in super diamagnetic right. and understanding those molecular structures and atomic structures is is where the work needs to be done this isn't something that they're very interested in so to slow, slow
1: you down for one second yeah. is you know how much electricity was needed to pull this off with the separation of hydrogen with water?
3: Uh, Stan Meyer was using thousands of volts.
1: So so the electricity has to come some, from somewhere yeah. to be able to pull that off,
3: right? What is electricity? And he understood it a lot better than... It, you know The materials he was using, he never talked about. Because that's probably what he wanted to keep a secret. He was a secretive guy because he understood yeah. what he was up against.
1: So with, with Tesla, Tesla's technology of free energy, free electricity, created from... You know, I don't understand, obviously, the full, the, the way you've done it, but I've seen models built by students at MIT, mm-hmm. you know, with the ball bearing mm-hmm. spinning above the copper coil and, and all of that. You know, you, you, for us, for the average human being, electricity comes from burning coal. Electricity comes from a hydro p- power plant, a right. dam. You know, so it has to come from somewhere. It can't just come from nothing. But that's the idea of being able to bring uh, have electricity come from nothing, was the key to the understanding of these higher level, you know, scientists like Tesla and, and these other guys.
3: Yeah, we try to think of electricity as a substance and it's probably not. You know, they they talk about electrons, they can't photograph them, you know, and so electrons I would still put out there as um, just cuz you understand how something what it does doesn't mean you understand what it is. Uh, so in the case of electricity, it may be an effect. And not necessarily a thing in itself. That's an interesting concept to grasp. Yeah. An effect. Yeah. Right. Just like our sound or everything's an effect. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, we said our five senses are experiencing effects all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Well, maybe electricity is that in itself, too. Hmm. So,
0: I mean, why isn't that? I mean, obviously, there's a financial aspect to it, but why aren't we seeing more utilization of Stan's technology? I mean, I'm sure other people have built upon it if not just the basic uh, tech in itself, why aren't we seeing more of it? Is it because of the threat of death or et cetera, et cetera? If we start talking about renewable energy sources and alternative energy sources for cars, like the Tesla vehicle, electric cars, et cetera, et cetera, why isn't the hydrogen fuel cell a little bit more developed than what it is?
3: Well, when you start thinking um, you know, about, obviously, yeah. I mean, just not to get too deep into that threat part is that when you are a challenger to any market, you're going to, challenge the market you're against and you can't expect them to just back down right oil is not going to back down to free energy or solar or wind according Um, to ocasio
0: cortez they're going to in 12 years
3: (laughs) well if there's a big enough (laughs) movement of the people who knows
1: look we're not going to get into that but i already told you that um cortez ocasio cortez is a conservative intelligence group psyop you think okay all right yeah she does the, she has no common sense when she talks about things. It's it's a deliberate. It's a, she's a deliberate plant to destroy that side of the field. I'm telling you. Huh? We'll see. Yeah, I mean you you just can't. <laughs> you can't produce something that ignorant. <laughs> you just can't do it. They, the powers that be wouldn't have allowed it to happen. You know what I mean? You
0: never know. These millennials are wild, man.
3: Uh, all right. Well, you got a point. I mean, people need to dig into the details, and that's what I was going to say. You asked why it's not here. Well, it's not funded. Nobody's funding it. You got every psyop or whatever you want to call it, disinformation telling you it doesn't exist. And yet you got proof of it constantly. And that's what we're all sitting here saying. We, we've seen it, you know, Stan Meyer wasn't a fake. Uh, His invention was real and, you know, it's not here now, which means that it went somewhere. So and he's just one of thousands. Tesla is a really good example because, you know, what would we do with that electricity?
0: There has been a pretty serious disinformation against Stan Meyer's work, though, with certain litigation after he died, supposedly discounting the, you know, the veracity of his claims about the hydrogen cells. But, you know, obviously, what are they going to say? It works.
1: (laughs) And what is, the, what is the potential danger with hydrogen cells? You know, if you've got hydrogen-powered hydrogen, hydrogen powered vehicles, is there a risk? Say there's a head-on collision between two of these vehicles or just one involved in a head-on collision that's very <clears> violent. <throat> is there potential for, you know, hazmat having to show up Is or worse? Uh,
3: yeah, from the firefighter perspective, you know, uh, currently the reason you don't see hydrogen fuel cells, or one of the reasons they'll talk about is because that's the technology that they can use. It just costs a little bit, you know, and... Anyway, we won't get into that, but yeah, a pressurized cylinder of hydrogen has its risks. So does gasoline. So does moving fast in a vehicle versus a horse. Um, (laughs) Some inherent risks involved. But
1: a hydrogen pressurized cell blowing up as opposed to a gasoline cell, which one does more damage? Uh, The hydrogen has the more potential. (laughs) That's what I was guessing. If you don't engineer it out.
3: Right. But the, you know, the Stan Meyer, the keys that I hope if anybody's really interested is he was working with frequencies and high voltage and... You need to think in the materials he was using, which I don't hear talked about. Is, you know, was he using platinum? Was he using silver? Was he using copper for his fuel cells? And what were his frequencies and was he using more than one? What would be your guess on the materials used? I think well, I mean they were silver as if as you look at the videos, or silver colored, so um, they were a platinum, a silver, something that conducts incredible amounts of voltage. Okay. And his formation, you know, we gotta start thinking in terms of geometry. This is not mm. taught in the universities.
1: We're going to get into that a little well, bit. Well,
3: mathematicians used to teach math
1: classes at every level. Now we just have people that have a teacher certificate who can be handed a, a workbook and all the answers for every quiz and test. That's right. And that's where, you know, I mean, I said this before, my grandmother who died at, I don't know, 96, 97, many, many years ago. I mean, we had her in our house for the last 10 years of her life, but- her, I still have her, the, the notebook papers of her homework, her high school math. It's off the charts. It's, I mean, it's, I think it was some 8th grade and ninth grade stuff that was calculus already and, and far beyond a lot of stuff that people right. aren't even learning now. I mean, she was a genius.
3: Yeah, you know, everybody kind of falls back on the mathematics as if that's where the solution is. Guys, mathematics is um, it's useful in describing something over a period of time. And we just got to accept that that's what mathematics generally is. It can lead you places, but it's a description, you know, and a description is fine if you understand the thing you're describing. Well, when you have a false understanding of something, a theory, you'll get your answer that you want because you're going to form it with the (laughs) mathematics you use. Sure. So this is where Tesla, you know, he wasn't a mathematician. (laughs) He was an experimenter. And mm. he experimented some pretty significant things because uh, we owe everything electrical to him, among others.
0: As a, as a Stan Meyer expert, what um, <clears throat> what were some of the benefits? I mean, obviously the financial. How far was he able to go Like in his buggy that he made? It was like an astronomical <laughs> I, across the
3: country on a gallon of gas or something silly like that. Do you know those breakdowns? I don't know the MPG he was getting. Um, You know, he was using a relatively light vehicle, his computer, you know, this guy's operating in the 70s and 80s and uh, he's dealing with different, we didn't have quite the computers that we got now. So if he had those, imagine what he can do. But what Hmm. he eventually got to the point where it wasn't much bigger than a spark plug with a nice little computer system tied to it. Um, Yeah, he
0: could fit it in his hand. The thing he would, he could attach it, I guess, to any engine to to have it
3: convert the I guess it depends, I'm just being funny, but how many lakes were between him and the next place, so wherever he could get water, right. he could fill <laughs> up his tank. And uh,
0: and it was any kind of water, tap water, rain water, salt water, it had no impact on the cells. He,
3: he did another invention that people don't know about um, very much, but he had a toroidal invention that um, was probably greatly suppressed. And a toroidal? That shape is something that all these inventors use. Please
1: explain that.
3: Yes. Well, there's not a whole lot of information that you can get on, and that's, you know, go figure. He also had a brother that's still alive and uh, worked on this stuff and won't talk to anybody anymore, and he's up in Canada working on um, something with cleaning up water, you know, and with electricity, but um, I couldn't Hmm. tell you the company. But essentially that toroid, he might have been, well, he was definitely making an energy field. Um, And, you know, Stan Meyer was a secretive guy because, he thought people were coming to get him, and, which they, I'm sure they were.
0: What do you? I mean, I mean, the story is he was out to eat when somebody stood up and said they poisoned me and ran out in the street or something to that effect. What? How? How do you feel about his passing? And what are your thoughts on how he well, died?
3: When you listen and you read on somebody that smart, listen to everything he had to say, and then you can't ascribe somebody to being crazy. You can't be that smart. The guy put in the work. So I mean, I would say that. Yeah, it's, an intelligent person would know that they're up against something. You know, if I was building an engine that right. was competing with the oil industry, I would um, probably want some people watching my back.
0: Well, he, had had, he had had interactions with the Pentagon about possibly doing work or utilizing someone to, to weaponize it, even in some cases. And I think he even was uh, some industry. I think it was oil maybe offered him a billion dollars to shelf it.
3: Yeah, that's what I've, I've heard before. I haven't um, come across that directly, but I also wouldn't go knock on the door of the guy that I'm trying to like take his business from. And that's right. what these inventors seem to do. And during Tesla's day, this was an open game because we didn't have electricity. So everybody was open to ideas. They weren't so tied into the ones they have. Yeah. And that's a pretty cool thing to the, think about. The,
1: the, the ones they had that were filling the, the banks <clears throat> up with their cash. That's right, yeah. yeah.
3: It was an open time versus Stan Meyer's time seventy years later where it wasn't. So,
1: I mean, let's go from Tesla back to ancient civilizations and the. Well, yeah, that's how I was kind of going to segue. Yeah. We've lost many times over and over, as you've mentioned before, Jeff, the intelligence. And it seems like societies as a whole were intelligent, not just a few, but but it seems like there were more than. You know, right now our controllers seem to be pretty easily in control. Oh, for sure. Dumbing down the masses. I mean, do you see that over and over in society? The, the past ancient civilizations, did they dumb down their people on purpose or did they give out this knowledge?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, there was definitely a power control society, but how, you know, what, what they were worried about being powerful to was more spiritual. You know, these power leaders were thinking about what came after this and their power structure was after that. You got to keep the people fed. You got to keep them happy. These guys knew that. Yeah. It does appear that they kept the knowledge among the elite um, especially if you're talking technology, um, but if you look at the stuff they made, I mean, we can't make some of that stuff today. Right. Right.
1: But that's what I'm saying so, is, how do you hide the knowledge from the masses? Okay, they think you're a magician. <laughs> if you use vibration to build the pyramids, and you're vibrating these massive blocks of stone into position to build this, there's going to be witnesses. There's going to be workers. There's going to be people who see this who go, okay. Bow down to the to the master right. of, of magic, or you know what I'm saying. They had yeah. to. There had to be witnesses who weren't knowledgeable about this stuff. Who went, "Whoa, whoa, dude," you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I'll touch on it. So the guy pushing the the possible levitating block or whatever, you know, he's not going to know how it works. He's the block pusher. The engineer that set it up, he's going to know how to engineer it. The guy that maybe knows the fundamental physics of what's going on or whatever knows that if that's how something like that would occur that person knows what they know society is no different now in that sense um as far as written text and ability to uh, grab onto it yeah they probably didn't have the internet we haven't found a cell phone yet it's but like
1: it's like the design of the i-74 bridge the guys that designed it that understand the mechanics of it and the engineering of it and why it will stay up there's a lot difference in intelligence levels than the guy that's pouring the concrete into one of the footings or, or a laborer. I understand that, right? So that's what you're saying.
3: Yeah, and now you and I have access to whatever textbook we want for the most part and a lot of information and some time to think on it. Um, so we can uh, probably get there a little quicker than somebody who didn't have that and was in a, a system of you know, great difficulty to rise up to that. You weren't exactly going from the bottom class up. And I... All my studies of ancient everything, I mean, there's clearly a lot of people that were really engineer smart, if you will, and they were making a ton of product, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean they had all the answers. They weren't sharing the knowledge among each other, as far as it points. But yet, here's these massive things that they built that we can't. So right. maybe they did have more dissemination than we understand or. And that's, and we that's part we have a big of, ego.
1: Today. And that's part of that's part of modern masonry, in terms of you know there were actual masons you know and then. Freemasonry, which is obviously different, but the words, you know, the, the knowledge, the knowledge that's kept, you know, the the master builders had had passwords. They had words that allowed them to travel freely because they were of that level. They were allowed to go from country to country and, and things like that. And the the laborers did not, they, they never found that out <clears throat> unless they worked their way up to that level, which was very difficult to do. And Tubalcane, who... Um, or uh, not tubal king I'll, I'll just say that the master mason who was building the the uh, the temple was killed for for the password he didn't give up the password he was killed okay I'll just say that and so that that was you know something that that everybody really desired was that knowledge and that password to be able to to gain that to gain that knowledge is what I'm saying right I kind of went in circles there a little bit. Well, no,
0: I mean, there's always been certain levels of kind of compartmentalization about this, you know, whether it's today or back in you know your ancient mystery schools or even dating back further than that. I feel kind of looping it back to Tesla and what are your kind of thoughts about this? You almost like Graham Hancock says, you know, we are we are a civilization with amnesia, and I think a part of that lost understanding is where we really came from, as well as kind of an ancient technology, if you will. Excuse me, that did exist back in the day and has been systematically suppressed for a very long time yeah. whether yeah. Wherever, wherever you believe like we kind of talked before we went on whether you believe s- civilization started with the Sumerians or you know when we had Billy Carson on whether it's up and down over the last few hundred thousand years there was some something back then that we just don't have anymore like you said we can't do the Gobekli Tepe today we couldn't build that or you know the Great Pyramid with the kind of precision. What are Joe your thoughts about? Joe kind of that?
1: shook his head. Like, yeah, I could build it.
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> I did. I on Black League, Tepe. That's how uh, detailed of a guy i am. Uh, you give me a good team, and I'll build. You know, give me the guys from your crew, Pat, and I'll I'll build a Black League, Tepe But I need some artisans. So anyway, you know, <laughs> let's. So stone. Why why use stone? Well, I mean, stone lasts the longest. So maybe they weren't cavemen. Maybe they're really smart because their stuff stuck around. You know, a good question is why is Goldbeckley deeply ter- or buried? And you know, everybody's saying, "Oh, they buried right. it on purpose." That's doubtful because everything's buried in this whole world. Um, we need to start digging.
1: Sediment from the Great Flood. Well,
3: exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, Plato and Pythagoras, who we don't have his writings, but Plato and all these Greek philosophers, they didn't think those things were fake. Um, read them if you want to. If you want to debate it, you got to read it, and um, they didn't think those things didn't occur they and the Egyptians uh, you know wrote, wrote about it but you know these symbols have the key the <clears> symbols that they wrote down it's an efficient way to write something and their their symbols talk worldwide I mean uh, not to bridge but you know we have symbols in one place that's clear across the world that's pretty much the exact symbol it seems like they all understood the same right knowledge and they were concentrating they never you know money was present don't get me wrong we find coins and everything else but they seem to have a lot more concentration on other things which is uh, you know basically their science but they were it's spiritually driven
0: alchemy would you say uh, more emphasis on things like alchemy and and celestial procession etc was that is that kind of part of the tech that we're missing today is that understanding of not so much astrology but the processions of the stars etc
3: yeah i mean uh, alchemy gets a really bad rap because people associate it with wizards or something right. like that well Tesla use alchemy because really alchemy is the use of the vacuum and the symbols support that too. But the use of the vacuum, vacuum technology, we use vacuum for some things, but not enough. Um, the really big inventors like Tesla were using vacuum tubes. What, What is that? So a vacuum, well, you know, we know that space is a vacuum. You go out there, there's relatively nothing. You can't breathe in it. A vacuum is basically a suction. So you, you pull a drain or use your vacuum cleaner you're pulling a suction well we don't use that in this modern world we seem to only want to use for the most part combustion the outward movement the radiation gravity is not gravity functions on a vacuum you know and that's right. why we have space
1: so you hear that eddie bravo I, so energy can be created from the vacuum
3: process yeah it's the other side it's the you know I don't know if we have cameras on us. We yeah, do. you do. Well, it you goes do. up, right. goes there's, there's down. There's okay.
1: a camera right there aimed at you. So, so.
3: <clears throat> the now, Eddie Bravo
0: would say gravity doesn't exist, and that fell because that little chunk of matter is more dense than the atmosphere, so it was just pulled to the ground because of its density, not because of
1: some force pulling it to the ground. Yeah, as far as what, what do you have to say about the flat earthers? That, well, no, hold on. I, uh, well, that's that's where we're going. Me. Sorry, go ahead.
3: <laughs> uh, it makes no sense, and I don't even spend time researching yes. Thank Yes. Thank you. My guy. Right, now
1: back to what we were talking about
3: <laughs> with the vacuum. Don't email me. Uh, <laughs> it's coming after all of us. So the vacuum and alchemy are synonymous. You know, alchemy has got a really bad name, and it's not wizardry. You know, if you read about what they were using, it, just respect that they use different words than us. Exactly. Um, I told you one earlier, you know, we, we talk quantum physics all the time and dark energy. Well, they had another word from that, that a quantum physicist would really have problems with me saying right now, which is the ether. But read anything that Tesla and all these geniuses wrote, they were always talking about the ether. They weren't ignorant. They just, we've turned that word into something else so that they could remarket it and justify their jobs. You know, they, why they need to change terms all the time, I don't know. It makes it confusing for guys like you uh, and me. Let
0: me ask you, do you think, and this isn't, I hate the disclaimers, but how big of a role does religion play in that In the usurping the language and kind of con you know inverting reality kind of sorts
3: they're they're doing their own thing all the time it seems like and they they have their agenda and their agenda is probably you know a bit of power control I think if you I'm speaking from a historical perspective right so sometimes it's in people's benefits to keep people confused and so before the ether it was being called something else sure you know but um we gotta we gotta land on some common terminology and, and stop arguing each other about what word you call something and then make fun of it so that we have right. to change the word. Yeah. Which is what happens with ether. Yeah. You know?
0: Or and, demonizing the term like alchemy. I mean, like when I was a kid I always associated it with wizardry and Merlin, et cetera, et cetera. But when you grow up it's like learning about more of the mystery schools, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's some real stuff.
3: Yeah, Tesla wasn't gonna laugh at the word alchemy. I <clears throat> he and, you know, Einstein Read Helena Blavatsky, you know, and she she was um a theosophist and um alchemy was you know a common word that she would use, so these guys they you know Oppenheimer makes reference to Hindu religion, you know you read his diaries and his works these guys their inspiration came from this stuff you know when you dig in and you read them, but you've got to read their words from their mouths not from not from me but I'll try to help.
0: Do you, I mean? Do you? I mean, you see, kind of society the way it's going, and obviously, it's not a cure all. But do you think we kind of need to go back to more of that? Because now we're just like Pat was saying so earlier. You know, the dumbing down of society. We're all just kind of consumers. You know, the new Jordans come out, and people were trampling for a pair of freaking shoes, which is you know, those guys. You know, your Aristotle and your Pythagoras has to just like be laughing their asses off seeing shit like that. So it's just like
1: because well, we are.
0: Well, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Well, as as society, though, I mean, we, you know, do you have the new iPhone where you're laying or whatever? it Here is. Here
1: comes Black Friday fist fights. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Always, that's what I need to do is just make a living calling fights on Black Friday, <laughs> right? Just go go to the supermarket or the the the, uh, the nearest Walmart and just call fights. So do we do need we need do
0: we need a little bit more of a return to that?
3: Yeah. So the term philosopher and and these guys that you know that's truth seeker. That's what that broke broke down to in Greek you got to ask yourself what matters to you. If materialism matters to you, which is what they fought against completely, and and materialism and atomism was a word that that they actually beat. So during the Greek times is what I'm talking about. Atomism was actually um, like a bad religion to these guys because they believed in reincarnation and oneness of the, you know, I'm going to call it the ether. Right. But they understood that there was a, a substrate that was one and that that's where we propagated from. And that's what science is currently showing we're currently getting glimpses of this all the time. You got guys like Leonard Tuskine talking about holographic theory and stuff like this, you know, guys like me are going, well, what is the sun? And that would be an interesting subject if you want to get around to it eventually is that, you know, you got to ask yourself what and why. And if, if what you care about is your Jordans, you know, that's cool. That's, that's your journey. But, um, you know, some other people actually care about some other stuff. And I think there's a lot of people out there. I've never had a bad conversation.
1: And, uh you know because of the people that we've been exposed to and the you know intelligent people like yourself that we've been exposed to and the different thought <clears> processes <throat> on a different plane than most people think you know it's difficult for just myself i can't watch the news i can't see wow. the madness going on out there because these people haven't even entered even the realm look i got hit in the head for a living for 20 years joe but i can at least enter that that realm of understanding trying to grasp all these different ways of thinking and the different just the different levels of intelligence that are out there. Most of society isn't there. They don't think past what's on their cell phone screen. They don't think past what's, you know, the Kardashians and all this crazy shit going on. That's it it's it's madness to me to even I, I just I want to sh- just put it in a room and just burn it, right? Just get rid of it all and and just get to a higher level for society in general, right? But is that by for design? Some, but, well, sure it is. Sure it is. Um, it's why it, it makes us think we're crazy until we go wait a minute right we've been proven right so many times on all the conspiracies that we talked about a year or two before they actually yeah. were covered or were uncovered by mainstream media because they had to because it was obvious that you know everyone knew by the time you yeah. know two years after we had been talking about it but for someone like yourself who's obviously a very intelligent person you have to look at the rest of society and go holy fuck like this is what's it i mean what do you think when you sit there and look at the tv and go there's nothing on tv that i can even remotely do you just throw a rock through your screen or just get rid of your tvs or what
3: you just said it i got rid of my tv thank Um, you good man you can't read and watch tv at the same time you got to concentrate and if you put your focus on it you get the answer now uh with that stuff is that I find myself getting frustrated but yet every time i want to focus in on something somebody i've never met a person who hasn't told me some story that's like whoa it's innate in us to understand where we come from and but yet we let people push us around and tell us how to think right and that you know when they make fun of us our feelings get hurt and we don't want to pursue it um if tesla would have done that we wouldn't have any electricity so um you can't you got to listen to what what is telling you matters and then try to have conversations about it like we're in here doing and you guys have been doing the good work you know think think and and have resolve in yourself to f- find answers and read the source go to the source you know with this i was i was in the oriental museum up in uh, chicago is university of chicago uh, they got sumerian Asian. artifacts no, no, no.
1: That's what they call it. I didn't call it that. <laughs> they called it the Oriental Museum. Yeah.
3: That's what it's called. Wow. It's Think like, sorry, of not the, not the, to get the,
1: distracted, but it's like Triumph the Insult it. Dog when he goes to New Hampshire University and he's and the dog, you know, the, the right. Rottweiler and he's going, Um, you know, she's a she's a first year student. She's not a freshman, she's a first year student. He oh, goes, please. Did you go to the first first year orientation? And she goes, Yeah. And he goes, Orientation? She goes, Yeah, and he goes, don't you mean Asian-tation? Oh, Jesus.
0: People aren't Asian. Things of the culture, like the food, the rugs, thats that could be called Oriental, okay, described okay. Oriental.
1: Okay, I just want to be politically correct here. but well, I'm the pc you know, We're always politically correct. Damn fucking straight. You guys, anyway, you're sorry, not going to bog me down, because we're you all were made the, out of the same atoms, man.
3: <laughs> thank so. you. you we're all
1: You were at the Oriental Museum. Continue, please.
3: Yeah, so here's these uh, four or 5,000-year-old um, artifacts. Everywhere, just in that one, they're in every museum around the nation, and uh, the engineering that goes into them. Um, good luck making that with a saw. You know, a lot of these things don't have chisel marks on them. They're super heavy. What it took for us to move them there were our earliest trucks and massive amounts of people. That uh, the symmetry in the statues are unbelievable, which means that they had really good tools to be able to do the symmetry. Not to mention the artistry of the carving. I'm not trying to say that the 3D printed them. I'm saying that <laughs> they had ways to cut it that were more than copper. Um, but also, here's, here's the thing about people. Everybody that went in there that day, I'm sitting there staring at one thing for 20 minutes trying to figure out what I just told you. Um, everyone's capable of that. And yet everybody's going in there going, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty, that's big, that's heavy. And then they not go through wondering the how the hell they did it. And so you're not going to figure anything out in this world. Right. And Tesla didn't think like that. Stanley <clears> Meyer didn't <throat> think like that.
1: So, what do you think? What do you think the connection to higher intelligence and hallucinogens might have, like connecting us back to uh, spirituality, to understanding, you know, many more things about this universe that we're in and about ourselves than what's on the surface for the person that's never, say, done it or experimented with it.
3: Well, if we stick to the science that we got, and we won't go into the the oral history of spiritualities and different religions—they're all talking about the same thing—but. Um, look at a uh, Stanford Research Institute uh, back when it was operating with Hal Putoff and um, Russell Targ. These are big names, you know, they got a lot of press and they did they did the hard research and they were associated with uh, institutions that weren't they weren't shy about saying they were associated with CIA and they got it from the military and things like this. Well, the research shows that you know, when you calm your brain, everything is non-local. and this this completely um, corresponds with everything we know about physics is that, yeah, we're made of these atoms. We're made of this substrate that gets smaller than that. We are interconnected. So when you call them your brain, which it seems to be the common denominator in this, your brain is capable of doing things that were experimentally tested and the results showed that it's a non-local. So meaning, you know, I don't have to be there to experience something, whether that be um, with these texts, you know, angels or, you know, these different things. So whether you're experiencing a being or an aura or um a thought you know where do your thoughts manifest from but when you're in dreams come on you're (laughs) sleeping when you calm your brain um your body is obviously capable of this It's the pineal gland the the actor yeah but not alone you know how about this our whole body is being run off electricity and it's not the sort of electricity that we is in our power lines right And, and guess what doctors don't study this very closely a little bit you know yeah. With heart rhythms and things like that, yeah, they understand that it's functioning, but they, you know, they use certain, even, I mean, shoot, they use uh, magnetic resonance imaging, and it's in everything, x-rays, you know, they're using it all the time for everything for their clinical decisions, but they don't seem to, the research is not very strong about in chemical reactions with the medicines um, in respecting it. But yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, it was like, the common denominator seems to be: if you calm your mind, you can do a lot more than it opens the research. Up, but,
1: but hallucinogens seem to open up doors of understanding, and to a realm that we can't see, we can't feel, we can't touch. But through those through those hallucinogens, people do things. They experience things like DMT and other these other drugs, peyotes, and yeah. everything else, to where they literally feel like as you as you mentioned down in South America. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, where they call it the death drug, is that it? Where they feel that they've death actually vine. they've actually passed on and experienced what is after this life. And when they come back, they're like, I have no hatred toward anyone anymore. No grievance. Right. Anything that anyone's ever done to me Well and this has been all used gone. for I
0: mean, it's all a lot of shamanic culture's been using this stuff for hundreds if not hundreds of years, if not longer. And now we're getting around to the point where where M D M A, psilocybin, is actually being used for for soldiers, PTSD or even marriage counseling. So, I mean, we're beginning to really begin to have a more of a better understanding of psychedelics as opposed to kind of, you know, whatever. It's going to make you a schizophrenic or jump out of a window and think you can fly.
1: So two fighting spouses on mushrooms, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I no,
0: mean, I mean, they they're I mean use, I think it's in Canada where they use basically ecstasy or MDMA for marriage therapy, and it's, you know, very effective. So. Interesting. Wow. Yeah,
3: the shamans and the priests, you know, it's, it's not a <coughs> hidden secret that they were using this stuff, but then they came back and r- wrote about it, and they taught about it, and they talked about dream time. Um, And yet, you know, we're not even allowed to get money for research on it. You know, Um, these governments aren't funding that sort of stuff. um, Peru is just allowing it. Okay. You know, it's legalized more or less. Um, So let's put some money into figuring out how this stuff works instead of just like
0: Building prisons. Yeah, and and stopping it. You know, this stuff
3: could be the some of the answers, you know. But
0: again, I mean on the conspiracy farm, in my opinion, this is all by design, you know, socially engineered to keep us keep us stupid, keep us, you know, as consumer based and up with the Kardashians as much as possible. Because like you said, once you start calming your mind and starting to realize there's more outside of your of your reality than you can actually perceive, almost like the light spectrum. You know, we can't see it, but we know gammas exist, we know infrareds exist. So there is reality out there that we just can't perceive. And, you know, I think there's a big, you know, there's a big uh, motive to keep us stupid and not thinking kind of on those levels, in my humble opinion.
3: Yeah, I couldn't couldn't say better. I mean, that is the brainwashing. It's not some little chip in you necessarily. It's the thing you're putting (laughs) into you. That's the brainwashing, or at least one of them.
0: Right. We, we have some more f- before we let you go. And actually, we have we have time. So, I mean, yeah. yeah anyway, um, cymatics. What are your understanding of cymatics? when We are talking about how sound and frequency can be used when you talk about cymatics and these metal boards or metal plates that they pour like salt on or whatever, and you hit them with a certain frequency, it turns into different geometric shapes. What are your thoughts on...
3: Yeah, let's try to throw a little more technical stuff, too, As that... So, yeah, cymatics, everything has a resonance. Every single substance, air, whatever, it all has a resonance in its quantity. So you take a bucket of something, you're going to find a resonant frequency of it. But remember, there could be a chordal frequency, so more than one frequency, but one resonant frequency. And you can test this with a speaker and a pan if you want to see cymatics. But with, like, water or sand and cymatics itself, you end up seeing these um, these different patterns that form. And there's been good research. I wish I could tell you the stand something or other you know there there might be a correlation with languages having emulated the cymatics of the vibrations which is fundamental i mean that's uh but that's kind of it's not
1: researched enough but hmm. so, so it's it's almost like the german language was was created out of hate and the french language was created out of love well the
3: word ohm like you know and and these different uh words that have carried on you know that's a vibrational pattern or right. how you say it like a, yeah like the monks will, they do the guttural um, singing of it. But, let, you know, that vibration thing, why that's important, why anybody should care about that is, <laughs> you know, say you have a resonance, which is what the cymatic thing is. You find a resonant where it, so the substance is able to vibrate at that tune and it's showing you a pattern. Well, that's what Tesla was messing with too in this energy thing that's most important. This is what the kids are trying to figure out and save the world with. You know, this is one of the things they need to look into. Um you know, he's saying, okay, you got a pattern like a string, and that's a resonant frequency or a frequency. Well, it may not be resonant, but when you hit the resonant, so the wire and you have the resonance, you find it. The tune that it likes and it starts vibrating on its own. Well, that's where you get those harmonics. Right. And that's when you get it up into the thousands upon millions upon trillions in the spectrum of light. Well, what is light? It's probably a longitudinal wave. So it's 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 not the, the up-down-up-down up, down wave motion. It's the in-between, you know. This could be going and, and uh, having a frequency, but when I find its resonant frequency, it's static. It's got it's a continuous wave, and when you hit it, you feel it over here immediately. Right. Because if I shook it, it'd take a second.
0: Okay. And For those so, unable to see him, he was waving a little copper wand in yeah, front of. Yeah, he should have
3: had a string or something. That's quite right. But uh, but I'm trying to show that when you hit something here, it's immediately felt over here, and that's when you have a resonant frequency of something. Okay. And that's important. That resonant frequency here, it seems to be the key to all these technologies. Tesla wasn't too shy about saying it. You know, the sun um, could be resonantly harmonically coupled to, you know, we need it. We need to kick that idea that the sun's a burning ball of hydrogen or helium by itself. You know, go out in space and tell me if you heat to death or freeze to death. Tell me which one happens first. Um, There's more going on there, which is those waves and uh and how they're striking our atmosphere right
1: yeah that's a great point that's a great i never thought about that mm-hmm. moving towards the sun you would freeze to death where it's 80 degrees here in the summer as you move out towards the sun you're going to freeze to death
3: on your way there right depends on where you're at in space you know if you're uh, it gets really hot on if you're on a planet somewhere and and you know the atmosphere is in between you but yeah where you're facing on the sun is what these uh researchers with these theories you know on the earth's assets related to uh floods or things like that whether they're asteroid strikes or tilts in our earth or pole shifts even is that you know our how we face that sun and how that sun interacts is not necessarily the the heat definitely isn't transferring from there to here it's a rate of vibration like like a really powerful well you said gamma but you know light specifically so even higher and um it's striking our atmosphere, which is composed of nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, and right. a bunch of other stuff, and that stuff's vibrating, and that stuff is the stuff that's heating us. We're basically that's cooking it's warming in a up steam those batter. molecules. Mm. It would appear so, yeah, yeah. But this is not something that um, not everybody agrees on.
0: Something interesting that I found: I didn't uh, when when Tesla launched that car into space. Of course, there was a huge uh, move to say how fake that was, and I always found interesting in like my college space exploration class that there's a whatever it was, like 250 or 500 degree difference between light and shadow. So if it's in the sun in any way out there, why isn't it melting?
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, the shadow and uh, why isn't it melting? Yeah, it depends on what the substance is. It's getting hit by those gamma rays too. You know, we don't melt when we have an x-ray going into us. But long enough, we do get a radiation burn. Same thing would happen to you in space. But all of a sudden, you're in our atmosphere and you're getting a sunburn. Okay, well, it's because... The stuff that you're standing in—I mean, picture—if you were in water and it was boiling, you would get burned. Well, we're in—we're in an we're in atmosphere, which is a gaseous water kind of, and yet we're getting burned. We put copper on ourselves, which is the same thing we put on uh, our power lines, and you know, so sunscreen is what I'm saying here. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's funny how that works. So we're putting sunscreen that's kind of almost copper-based on our skin to protect us. Well, what are we really doing? We're actually protecting ourselves from the electricity. We're, we're basically putting this diamagnetic substance so that it, it doesn't go through into us. Um, that's a very interesting thing that people don't think about. And then mm. the,
1: elect- the electricity and if we travels it. around our skin on that surface? Or is, I, it, or is I, it reflected?
3: Yeah, so I wouldn't break that all down like I just said there, but what is understanding is that we're... we're how the sun is interacting with our atmosphere could be the determining factor and also our our um, where we're at in relation to the sun or the power of the sun, what the sun is essentially, could tell us a lot about this global warming thing and you know, give a different perspective from a scientific point of view. Now, this is something that maybe they don't want you to know because hmm. we can con- control CO2, they think, but we can't control position of the earth. We can't control the sun's intensity which they've been monitoring forever they've always been monitoring the intensity of the sun we used to have to bounce radio signals off the ionosphere you know and that's why we changed over to different technology because the ionosphere was shifting too much okay and so are you talking am to fm well yeah that right but even longer waves long wave transmission back before we had
0: So something, I don't mean to bounce around, but something Billy Carson talked about, we had him on, going back to kind of the ancient technology, ancient civilizations, he was saying, uh, not Antarctica, but, uh, and I do want to get to that, but Atlantis was like a global phenomenon, a global, that's why you see a lot of these symbols that you talked about, a little bit of everywhere. Um, uh, I'm Living in St. Louis, outside of St. Louis in Cahokia, Illinois, there's the Cahokia Mounds, they call them. What did you say off air are the significance of the Cahokia Mounds?
3: all the mounds in the u.s and uh squire and davis is the authority in the early 1900 or 1800s somewhere in that range squire and davis was hired by the smithsonian to go around and and uh map all these and they did and that, that was a lifelong thing for them and they got all the tales from the native americans that were telling them well, we didn't really build this they wrote it down those are their words not mine um but hmm. these these things were geometrically significant they were um corresponding to the the stars essentially which they were clearly following with their sundials and other things and also the systems of measurement seem to be um congruent meaning they're using the same systems of measurement um in just in the u.s now randall carlson and these guys talk about how these structures these ancient structures like the pyramids he talks about are is basically geometrically shaped they have their own unit based off where they are latitude and longitude meaning and it appears that that's connected to the sun so essentially they're planted in a specific spot to be specifically sized to that specific point and they're not random at all never like they this
1: all is, even though these are ancient structures which predate native americans by the way correct well so Many the ones in the Many u.s
3: them. um they've been around we don't study it that's the thing is the uh, you know, I, I believe the the law is called NAGPRA. It was in the '90s where they said we're not going to dig up anymore, as they term Native American mounds. Well, I mean, the thing is, the Native Americans, according to Squire and Davis, said we didn't build these, which means there were whoever was there before them, right? It needs to be studied and there's there's pieces of these where rivers have cut out sections of it which means and this is what randall carlson speaks towards too is you study the erosion pattern you get a timeline yeah and that timeline is going to shock people and not to mention how you mentioned cahokia that's a lot of dirt to move that's a civilization right there and yeah. why were they building mounds that's the question i mean not only maybe they were the star maps but in cahokia there's a pyramid you know and this is one thing people need to you guys will really I think find interesting is that pyramids picture a funnel if i put it upside down pyramids and there's a guy on the internet that who who'll go by like mr Magneman man or something and look up his pyramid video but the highest static magnetic field that i believe we've achieved with a fixed magnet so not an electromagnet was a pyramid shaped magnet huh right you know essentially that shape is significant it wasn't just a wonder So was there an energy center that they were trying to pull down and tune into the earth? You know, and Tesla's telling you the earth is a static energy field. If you hit it, it will just like break fluid. It's going to come out on the other end just as much. That was his, that's how he was manipulating.
0: Was there an element of, um, for lack of a better term, as far as them not being placed in random places, chakra and meridians, as far as energy points on the planet?
3: Yeah, that energy point and ley line, I mean, just to break that down real simply is that that's a magnetic line of force. You know, they have these different terms for it, but that's that's what it is, Is and it moves. So it can move, and it can be affected by the where it's at, you know, water, underground water, you know. Everything has energy to it, and that's what we have to appreciate. You know,
1: so, that, the, so this, hmm. and not to go on, I've seen whether it's thermal Im- imaging or what technology they've used on the pyramids before in Egypt and other places, that they do focus magnetic energy, right?
3: I mean, the structure itself and what I just mentioned there with the shape is definitely a very powerful shape. And we need to study what's underneath these things. We need to start digging in the ground deep. And, uh, you know, do you have any
0: theories or hypotheses of what the great pyramid was used for? I mean, I know pyramids in general, you say have a certain power, but like that one in particular, the great is obviously not a tomb.
3: Yeah, there's no hieroglyphs in there. Um, I have great respect for anybody who's doing research towards it. I believe, based off uh, the fact that there is, it seems to be built towards that exact coordinate with their own units of measurement and the, the shape itself, that it's a funnel, it could possibly be an energy device that's tuned to the sun. So like a solar ray for a pyramid, essentially vibrating, resonant, and, uh, you know, and... Could
1: these also be locations for portals? I mean...
3: You know, when you have a high enough <laughs> static... Electric, well, I mean... When you have a high enough static electricity environment, you're going to start seeing anomalies go on. And I didn't come up with that. This is what Tesla talked about with... You know, Twain even kind of hinted towards it. Mark Twain. Um, he, But you'll start seeing anomalies. John Hutchinson, he saw a lot of anomalies. Right. That's the real deal. And uh, so... Could you, manip- uh, so black holes, we know time is going to be a lot slower there than they are somewhere else. If I go out in space, my time slows down relative to yours, or I'm sorry, your speeds up. But, um, so yeah, you could see a definite change in environment, which is, you know, that kind of blends in with that UFO technology. And, but what we're talking about with all that is incredibly high voltages, um, how you're using them i don't know you know but right. the, at high voltages you're going to see anomalous things and we we use it currently that's what that's what our electricity is i we're not that different but hmm. so let's get back to
1: the law that was passed what was the name of the law that was passed to
3: stop us from exploring and digging these
1: these relics or these ancient ancient buildings these structures up
3: all right um hmm. native american grave protection act is what i in and so, I, if I mess that up a little bit, it's it's okay. I forgive myself. But um,
1: they tell us they're burial mounds.
3: They tell us they're burial mounds. But there and, are
1: pyramids underneath them. Yeah,
3: I read the excavation reports back when they were digging up ninety percent of them around the U.S. And then go visit the ones that are still here, shaped like serpents or pyramids that yeah. we still so preserve in this world. We, need to, we
1: need to expose this a lot more to get that law lifted.
3: There's a lot of good researchers trying. Um, you know, let's just do some archaeology. You can respect the grave sites and still do the archaeology. If they're figuring out how to do it in Egypt and every other country, Peru especially, why can't we do it? You Absolutely. Know? Let's and dig deep. And please. I think I
1: think that the underlying reason for that, to me, on the surface anyway, would be they don't want the real history to be known. Yeah. Am I correct in hypothesizing that?
3: Yeah. I mean, we we come in here and we. Uh, I don't think this is really up for debate. There were people here before us. Um, before the the current U.S. American culture, I'll call it. And um, so there's a lot of toes that are going to be stepped on, but there's a lot of real, you know, it's not whose land it was. Before it was yours, it was someone else's. Before it was theirs, it was someone else's. That goes on. And, um, you know, it's all ours in the sense. But, yeah, let's study it and learn something from it because these guys were geniuses. Right. They were mapping things perfectly. We need to know what they understood, not just dig it up and bury it and turn it into a farm field. Once it's lost, it's gone and
1: Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock and all yeah. those guys that you know they talk often about how far back I mean we're talking about the the ancient star maps a website that I showed you the forbidden history that I mean we're talking a couple hundred thousand years that mankind they believe has been on this planet at least well, and you have—I forget the name of it—but the, the. No, we're not. To, we're not talking cavemen. No, I know. We're not talking guys that walk like me. No, for sure.
0: I, I mean, you have you have ancient maps that show Antarctica when Antarctica I, I, technically I've, I've was I had a few in
1: spine sky. injuries, Joe. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but that's that's the thing. It's it, when when you sit there and look at it, take a step back. Absolutely, we. I I truly believe that that we have, you know, from from a lot of the the scientists who say, look, we've been here for. 200, we are a civilization
0: years. with amnesia. Grant Hancock's exactly. latest book. I mean, and that's, that's a great way to phrase it. I mean, and it's just crazy to see how the concerted effort... I, mean, I wanted to ask you about this kind of, you know, the, this this legislation about not digging up more Indian mounds. It makes me think of the conversation we had with um, a couple guests about the, the wars in Iraq and Syria and these things really being about an archaeological war going after ancient relics, et cetera, et cetera, to once
1: again... Tablets in the grand the grand lodge in cedar rapids iowa what's the that the grand lodge museum the the ancient tablets yeah. that were taken out of iraq during the uh, the war in iraq that bush had brought back because right. uh, bush senior was a mason and those tablets were taken out of iraq and they sit they rest in the museum the masonic museum in cedar rapids iowa
3: yeah, a lot of those artifacts went to other places. That, I mean, there was a mainstream corporation here in the U.S. that got in trouble for bringing in artifacts during that time. I'm not going to mention their name, but uh, you know, type it in. Um, there's money in artifacts. There's no doubt, but there's answers in artifacts, yes. and uh, that's also part of the thing is that. You know, obviously, look who buys artifacts, people with a lot of money. Right. Uh, And they don't all go to the museum, guys. You know, don't be confused. There's private collections that would just blow your mind all over, and you can't see them. Even when you go in these museums, they got most of the stuff locked up, and if you're not someone important, they're not going to go show you what it is. Um, if you're a researcher like some of these guys that are digging into what we're digging into, we go against their agenda, and they don't necessarily want to show their collections to you because yeah. you may go write a book about it. Well,
0: there's something uh, Billy Carson said about the Library of Alexandria. I've always thought of it as they burned it. They burned the books, but he was like, "No, man, they they might have burned the physical library, but the 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 text and the scrolls they took to obviously keep you know keep this information." And he
1: believes they are where?
0: Uh, what do you say? The Vatican, yeah. The
1: basement of the Vatican is what he is what he hypothesized, but you know. It's it's. What are your thoughts on the Emerald Tablets? The translations? Did they exist? You know, the the Toth being the author. You know, it's it's amazing to listen to the translation. Number one. Yeah. I've listened to it several times since we had
3: Billy on, which blew my mind. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on those? Translation is important. You got to study who your translator is. If yeah. your translator doesn't understand what he's reading about, you know, I I wouldn't want a, a mathematician trying to read about something an artist is trying to write about so understand who the translator is go to as far sources you can and get the best translation uh, emerald tablets and all these things they're deep they're spiritual you got to respect that uh, emerald tablets is alchemical um it they're talking science to you but it may be something that we're not up to yet um as far as locations and things like that guys it's not impossible to go underground elon musk is doing it digging you know and our ground penetrating radar it, it doesn't go that deep if you want to keep stuff away from people you go underground um and it's not that hard to dig holes in tunnels and tunnels and you know this technology study technology to understand that we know how to do these things you right
0: know. well it's rumored that this very thing and you could speak to this having been there is going on in antarctica there's supposedly secret underground ufo bases or military bases what's going on in antarctica my man
3: <laughs> well i was there are there things you can't talk about? No, I did not sign a top seeker agreement right. with. Uh, but I did work for you know Raytheon. Okay. At the time, so. some, should,
1: but some people's ears just perked yeah, up. Yeah, Raytheon,
0: That's right? one of the big boys.
1: One of the big boys. Is there a guy cleaning his sniper tool right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope not. What's his name? Joe Tabor.
1: Oh man, I got him.
3: I believe it. Uh, so yeah. tell us more about yeah, the going on? So I was just a poor old firefighter paramedic down there, but they bring people down for contracts, and their bases kind of look like junkyards. Even their South Pole station, they can't seem to keep above the snow for more than 20 years. But I've been to both of them. I've seen the infrastructure that goes into them. Um, politicians came down when I was down there, 06, 07, You can look it up. Um, I don't know what they're so interested in. I mean, it's a cool place to see. Trust me. It's a pricey little ticket to go down as a layperson. And they don't let you go anywhere you want to go down there. You know? <laughs> um, you're know, you told what path you can walk on where you can go. Now, as far as the buildings go, I went into most of them. And... I didn't find any secret stairwells or secret technology, but they were studying neutrinos. They, those ice cores—I watched them pull them up. Um, I saw the data. I listened to the scientists. I met the scientists. People are really doing real work down there. Yeah. And penguins are adorable. You know, I'll give that to them. <laughs> but um, as far as the conspiracy theorists go, you know, it's a big place. I don't understand why there's a continent that people can't live on. That's an agreement between a lot of different countries saying we're doing science. But here's another mm. thing to think about. The South south Pole and the North Pole are significant places of energy. Yes, There's a reason. There's ice there. And people need to start figuring out, well, why is there ice at the South Pole and not, you know, at the equator? Because of the magnetic field. There's some really interesting, so could there be anomalies down there? Oh, yeah, because the Earth is a really big power plant. And so, Mm. yeah, I mean, I could imagine that there could be anomalous occurrences that maybe they are interested in. They're not going to let a firefighter paramedic know about (laughs) it. But, uh, you know, it's not for lack of trying.
0: Are you familiar with Admiral Byrd? I think it was. And oh, yeah. yeah. So what it's spill the beans on that a little bit. What he theorized was going on down there.
3: Man, there's a lot of uh, what do you call it? That disinformation with him. But yeah. if you try to if you look at the history where he went, which I've looked at and the places he was going to. And what he brought with him, I mean, he brought a lot of stuff with him, and it wasn't just to map the place. You do need a, a lot to map a, a continent, but what, why are you even mapping it at that time period with that much stuff? Um, you know, before him, we were going down there with wooden boats and uh, shackled and and um, Scott and Admonson. These guys were just trying to figure out how to cross the darn thing, and now he's coming down with it. Um, yeah, you know, huge ships and subs and aircraft and crashing them and doing all this stuff and flying them personally himself. I believe he flew missions, so they were interested in something that they were willing to spend a significant amount of money to. Wonder you what that think, is. You,
1: you, would think with the, you know, the magnetic fields there at the north and south poles, that, that is it possible that they're working on? Of course, you are going to answer probably yes. But propulsion systems, weapon systems based on those energies, and work at working on that stuff scientifically is that? I mean, would that be a safe bet?
3: Well, they, they put the neutrino detector at the South Pole, which is probably the most expensive place possible to put a piece of machinery that big, um, and so there's a reason, and they'll tell you it's so that it's it's super quiet uh, in the cosmos, if you will. It was a good place for it, but there might be more to that. The, you know there's a lot of reason. Imagine if they did understand this technology a little bit. Everybody goes, why wouldn't they tell us? because uh, it's fundamental technology that if you knew how it worked, then you could do what they're doing. Right, right. And so, yeah, you wouldn't, you know, every time we get a new aircraft, a B-2, a SR-71, they don't tell you for as long as they possibly can. Right. Um, yeah, they're interested in their power. So as far as experiments down there, it's a really small station. Um, in the 70s and 60s, they did build an underground ice station. You know, there's a fantastic video about it. We still go visit it, the scientists do, to just check to make sure the ice is crushing it up. You know, they put a nuclear reactor at the bottom of it to power it. It didn't work out, but they spent a long time building it, and it's underground or under the ice, which right. is also at the South Pole about 11,000 feet deep, which is mm. pretty darn deep. It's not underground, if you will. It's under ice is what I should be saying. Miles of Miles. ice. And what's what's at that bare land underneath? I mean, there's parts of Antarctica that you can walk up in the mountains, the dead... the. Uh, Dead Sea Valleys or Death Valleys up there. You know, that's where they found that dinosaur at. The local um, professor from Augustana did that, you know, years ago. Really? Um, so there was life down there, clearly. That was a piece of land where there was life. And there's not a whole lot of barren land where you can look for it. But you, meaning if you're a government-sponsored scientist, can go look for it. Right. Hmm. You can't just go down there and show up and say, hey, I'm here.
0: Same <laughs> Family vacations, the Griswolds.
1: Looking for the Brontosaurus bones. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs>
0: Fascinating stuff, man. Patrick J, we got to prep for our next show, man. Any more questions? We could probably do this for hours. We
1: need to to talk five G, buddy. We need to talk five G before we get off. We need to talk about, you know, my, you know, I've sat there and and thought, okay, five G microwaves, you know, the aerial spraying. They finally come clean with it. They're spraying aluminum into the atmosphere to reflect the sun's rays. A lot of other crazy stuff to try and. Cool the Earth, uh, which is, you know, anybody who thinks that global warming is a hoax that that at least that it's man-made, you know, man-caused knows that microwaves and metal objects don't go together. You know, are they are they trying to cook us deliberately? You know, what what is going on with all of this? What 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 are your thoughts on that?
3: There's certain countries if you start looking that are taking it pretty seriously. It's take it seriously um be a student of your own health and as far as electromagnetic waves you wouldn't stand in front of a radar uh, dish and sit there and get blasted by it you wouldn't stand in front of an x-ray for an extended amount of time these things have effects in low doses over time so here's an analogy that maybe you'll appreciate is that you know i stand under a fluorescent light i don't get burned i go into a tanning booth fluorescent lights and yet if that close for a certain intensity i get cooked electromagnetic 5g is that over time and you're not going to see it to appreciate it. it's not necessarily going to burn a hole on your skin right. but if, what about how it affects your uh, nervous system what about how it affects your genetics your dna you know we know that x-rays and all these other waves do it so why can't the public be informed and have this research before you spit it out in our face and tell us this is what we're using and they've been doing that for a long time it's just here's the technology it's really cool look how great it works well how about how it affects me and the thing is they don't they're not going to wait 20 30 right. years to find out how the research turns out.
1: Scientists are freaking out right now, right? A lot of scientists have signed a pact. I think it was 137 scientists, really I mean, big name scientists from I think 30 different nations who have signed this saying we have to stop this. We this is not this is not the smart not the right way to go because it's going to at least at very least they said double double cancer. Yeah in in mankind and that, of course they're not gonna know that until later There's enough to say yeah. we're gonna put the kibosh on this look i'm okay with this thing downloading slower if that's the cost you know what i mean so at you some don't point, want to download have, an hd movie in three seconds pat come that's on what it's we're worth talking. It. that's what we're talking is people just i want fast internet and i don't care if i have lymphoma
0: yeah It's almost kind of freaking me out. Yeah, that is weird. And yeah, people. I think people are going to be willing to make that trade off, which is scary because you're not going to see it. It's going to be that boiling frog type thing. And secondarily, to you know the health effects. Going back to kind of what you're talking about, this kind of geo energy grid, this natural energy grid that we have, the chakras and meridians, et cetera, the energy. How is how is this false grid going to affect that?
3: You know what I mean? Yeah, we got to respect our uh, consumption of electricity and how it affects the earth. And, and ourselves as uh, a biology of the earth, is that, um, I don't know if that's really what you're getting at there, but um, we're using a lot of electricity in a lot of different ways. We're throwing waves out. You can't go anywhere in the United States without the tower being next to you, blasting waves in and out of it all the time. We're right. soaked up in it. And then right. we're talking about how our dreams can access a possible supernatural state. Well, how do you think that affects those things? Exactly. You know? Our yeah. thoughts are electromagnetic in a low wave form, a very low wave form that's well studied. So we don't necessarily want interference patterns. Interference patterns is how we get holograms, and things like that. You know, these there's fundamentals here that these scientists they know what they're talking about. I give them a little bit of respect, even if I, I'm a little smart with them at times. Is that they deserve it? And uh, so if they're telling you, hey, there might be something bad for it, do your own research, but don't blow it off as a conspiracy. You know? Yeah.
1: And before we go, you've got some reading material there that maybe you can suggest for our for our listeners. Yeah. If you'd like to throw some of that out,
3: I'll try real quick. Is that, uh, you know, that famous photo of Tesla sitting there underneath the lightning bolt and thousands of volts? He was reading uh, Roger Boscovich. This will put you to sleep if you need Boscovich, some. Boscovich, good... another Croatian. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's smart guys over there. If you want the authority on some longitudinal waves and what he was working with, Konstantin Mail. Uh, listener, beware, he's Russian. <laughs> I, had so you're to, I had to buy his book from you're Russia. colluding. Uh Victor Schauberger um got taken prisoner by uh, the famous Adolf Hitler to work on UFOs, but really he was interested in free energy and water and his writing Is that were, the bell right there? Uh, not specifically the bell, but pretty close. And he, he specifically will tell you his story, you know, in these books. And the one my favorite is uh you know, JJ Thompson is kind of the father of electricity. I know
0: might Oh different J.J., i J. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: yeah sorry no, different JJ. no modern names and then uh john keely was an early 1900s guy that was trying to compete with tesla he's really been lambasted but the snell manuscript the snell manuscript is one piece of writing that you know i don't care if you believe it came from him or if you think whatever you think of him read the stuff and then tell me argue it you know it's, he's thinking like tesla was thinking he just used a different language that we've tossed out
0: beautiful wow yeah this has been we really dumbed our age. show down this time who is this idiot right <laughs> pulled up in a short bus <laughs> and i was
1: wondering like who is this guy jo- justin? justin did us did us a solid on this dude one. justin thank I you so much i think this so is much. gonna be joe is gonna be a a reoccurring guest yeah definitely so.
0: definitely because yeah. you know i think We're there's a lot to of the specifics for sure specifics. i we never got into the sumerian kings list and some of uh, you know how these guys reigns are like 20 30 40 000 years we got to talk about that a little bit a little bit more on the ancient tech but you have any uh, social networking anything you can shout out you can track down and pick your
3: brain a little bit Nope, I just read books and uh, talk to you guys when invited. And uh sorry, man, I, you got to talk the talk and walk the walk. So I'm not on social media, right? Um, I he, don't get everything I talk about from the internet.
0: He used the R books. and the B word. The B word with books and the you R word. played video
1: games as
3: a kid, did you? Uh,
1: I did. I did. Well, I was just saying, no
0: way, he wasn't a gamer, dude, for sure. But I, <laughs>
3: I read uh you know, I read uh, Richard Feynman. On my free time when mom told me to get out of the house. All right, there you go.
0: All right. Joe Tabor, ladies and gentlemen. Champ, it's been a pleasure. Beautiful. As always, ladies and gentlemen, peace and so much love. Stay tuned. There will always be more.